Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, we want to invite you to join us over on our Patreon as we are going to do something really special for you leading into Mother's Day. Kate and I are going to pray over you each day from May 8th to May 14th. We want you to know how much we love you and that we at Gather Moms are constantly in prayer for you. And so each day on our Patreon, you'll be able to hear a prayer where you can just sit and receive But then also on our Patreon, we're going to offer you the opportunity to send that prayer to another mom so that what you have received, you can also share with someone who is in need. So we encourage you to download the Patreon app, search for Gather Moms, and then join us as we pray over you for Mother's Day. Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. This is episode 111. And guess what today is? What is today? It's May. (laughs) It's not going to be May. It's May. It is May. And boy, did it come it up quick. It came so fast. Yeah. I can't believe we're already here. Yeah. But then I'm kind of excited because yeah. we're, we're almost done. Yeah. With the school year and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting here. Yeah. I, um, oh gosh, I hate to kind of admit this, but for whatever reason in this season, I have signed up to be part of my middle child's discipleship. You know, so um, I've always kind of been with her group since she was little at church, like doing either their Saturday group or whatever. So this year I'm doing Wednesday nights with her group. And then on Friday mornings, um, I help lead. We have something called Girls for God at the school. And so I'm helping lead and teach that. So what that means is that that's every Wednesday night and every Friday morning. Uh Uh-huh, girl. And that's actually like kind of intense. And (laughs) It's very intense. I know you've done it. It's very intense. It's um, just a lot of prep, a lot of teaching, a lot of thought, a lot of energy. It is. So I've done so much better this semester at recruiting other people to come in and teach for Girls for God. Good. And um, on my Wednesday, with my Wednesday night group, I have a couple of other mamas that help. So I really don't feel like I'm like soldiering it, shouldering it alone. Yeah. But soldiering also, but <laughs> shouldering it alone. But um, so anyway, this last Friday, we had Girls for God and the boys meet and it's called Promise Makers at the same time. And the dad that leads it was out of town. And so I was like, just send them all in. We'll just uh, put them all in one room. Uh, and uh, how so, was that? so Thursday night, I just was feeling the dreads about it. Like I was like, I just, I don't want to wake up at 615 and get dressed and go up to the school. You know, we started yeah. at 715. Yeah. I just was like dreading it. Um, and anyway, sweet Jeremy, you know, was like, it's going to be fine. You know, you only have a few more weeks of this because I'm feeling the, the, like, I'm ready to be done. Yes. Right. When you start to see no, the finish you line, see the finish line and you're like, mm, yes, I'm so close. Yes. Um, so, but I, I got up Friday morning and I just got on my knees and I was like, God, I just need your help because I am not feeling this. And it just has to be you. It has to be you. And within like the 45 minutes before I left, he completely changed the lesson I was going to teach. I created a whole handout and everything. 
course you did. Get in there. It's Kate. I don't Y'all always, know. I don't she always, said, I'm about to make a handout in three seconds. I don't always do a handout, but you know, they don't have their Bibles and stuff. So it can be a challenge because you're really reading. How are you making copies of that? I have, by the grace of God, had enough paper in my house. Oh my goodness. Because we had 40 something kids that's in the That's what I was thinking. That's a lot of copies. Yeah. Um, went in there and at first I was like, oh my gosh, these are fifth and sixth graders. These boys, I don't have a relationship with them. The girls always do great, but these boys, now they're in here with the girls. So Ooh. they're wanting to like show out. Yep. And I, I was, cause I thought, am I going to be able to, you know, I'm a classroom teacher, so I'm used to it. But usually when you're a classroom teacher, you have some kind of discipline you can hold over them or some like structure. Can't be sending them to the principal's office exactly. for the morning Bible study. Exactly. But the spirit of God showed up. When there was a point when I was teaching and that we just all connected, you know, there was this like synthesizing moment where uh-huh. it just all, and I walked out of there with so much fuel in my tank. It gave me such a boost that my Friday, I mean, I came home and I just got plugging away on all these things. I had been sitting on my to-do list that I was kind of putting off. Yeah. And I just had to stop and say, oh gosh, it'll make me cry even now thinking about it. Just... Thank you, God, mm-hmm. for giving us the ability to finish strong. Yes. You know, these tasks that are set before us that we've said yes to and we're feeling burned out. Yep. You give us the ability to finish strong. He does. And you know, what a shame it would have been if I would have tried to just go in there and muscle through it mm-hmm. and just show up and just check a box. Mm-hmm. But when the spirit gets involved, you know, everything changes. And so anyway... Not to say, I mean, I'm still thankful that there will be, you know, I'll have one less thing to do on Wednesday nights. (laughs) The end is still coming. And one less thing to do on Friday mornings. But I do want to finish strong with these kids. Yes. And by God's grace, I know that I can. Do you have the recruit for next year? Yep. She's already in place. All right. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Passing the baton. That's right, girl. You need to bring one on the last Girls for God and hand it to her. Okay. And by the way, people are going to ask about Girls for God because I post about this sometimes and they're like, what is this? Okay. A family here locally over 20 years ago started this program called Girls for God and Promise Makers. Rebecca actually rewrote the curriculum for them, didn't you? I did. It was several years ago. Yeah. So yeah. I hear your voice in it when I'm reading my <laughs> curriculum to get ready. Um, and in this one, this last one was about, so this last one I taught was about being good because it's Philippians 4 8. So it's whatever is good, whatever is. Yes. Um, and so it was about being good. And you did such a good job of presenting the gospel because it was basically like, this is what the world says is good. And it's all these things. I had the kids list out like, what is what is a good life in the world? And they were like, a mansion, a private chef, you know. And then we read the scripture you had. And I said, what does God say is good? And they said, Jesus. And it created this great opportunity. Awesome. Anyway, so so this is just a program we have in our schools here. Um, they actually don't even have a website anymore because the family has, you know, they have grandkids now. Um, but I really do, you know, if you feel like you, this is something you want to do in your school, um, email me. I'd be happy to pass along these PDFs. I have them. And you just go to your principal and then you find a teacher who's willing to let you guys come in and use their classroom in the morning. And it's just, it's been great. It'd be amazing for it to kind of spread out again. And I really think it's just, um, it's parent-led. It is. It's if you feel called to do it for your kids and you have a school district that's willing Uh to open their doors, then go for it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my little story on 
Here's May. Finish strong. Let's go. Yeah. Because it, it's May 1st, so yeah. we still have the whole month. We do. <laughs> You're not there yet. No. But, you know, some of those things start winding down a little earlier. So They do. Which it's all these, like, posts. Like, everybody's doing their, like, award ceremonies and all these things so, like, early. It yeah. feels, it almost feels like it's trying to get me there quicker. You know, like, you get jealous. Like, oh, it's almost time. Let's get there. Hurry. Yeah. So, we are in the month of May, but we're also two weeks out from Mother's Day. That's right. And so I thought for the next couple weeks, we would just kind of do a little series called The Modern Mama. Yes. And just talk about what it is about motherhood today. Um, When you think about like modern, what makes us different than past mamas, does anything come to mind? Oh my goodness. Um, I think maybe if I'm thinking about us compared to like the 50s housewife or something, you know, so many of us work outside the home. Mm -hmm. So we're juggling that and you know, our, our home responsibilities. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure from what we're seeing on social that's influencing where we feel like we have to do all these things. Yep. But then again, like I think of shows I've seen with the fifties and like those women were definitely feeling the pressure, like these homes, their outfits, you know? Yes. Um, didn't they have to wear corsets or something? Well, they had petticoats and all that on and wore heels and pearls and, uh, I said, if they just had some yoga pants in their life, it might have just changed their world. Girl, can you even imagine? <laughs> it's where they were drinking martinis all the time because of the pressure they were under. <laughs> I think there's a lot of voices in our lives mm-hmm. now um, that can make it hard to hear your own voice or God's voice in yes. the middle of that. Like, yes. what is the way I am called to mom? It can be very confusing. And I think we're a little more isolated from community. Uh huh. Um, I think we're... There's a lot of us really trying to to be part of that community, and I think if you are, if you go to church, man, that changes everything because you sure. you can find community there. But so many moms are are lonely and doing it alone. No, I agree. I put down just modern conveniences. Uh-huh. There are things that our world has come up with since then that are yeah. actually they're great, super helpful. Pick come up, on, <laughs> pick up food or have food That's delivered. Right. That's or right. Groceries delivered. Yeah, we've got some great some great additions to that. Yes. So many opportunities. I don't yeah. know that they had as many opportunities before, you know. Yeah. Um, and some of that maybe I've put down here the role of moms. I think because we have so many opportunities, it has made it a little controversial. Sure. The role of moms maybe has changed because we do work outside the home. Yeah. We share responsibilities with our spouse. Um, lots of single moms are having to juggle it all on their own. Uh-huh. So I do think there's a whole thing there with um, how we're trying to keep grounded in our home while also feeling like we have to contribute by maybe working outside the home for income and stuff like that. Mm. And then knowledge and understanding. I just, we have, we, we can look stuff up. We, Anything you want to know, you can go find it. Yeah. And they couldn't do that back then. I think that's why they had community. Because if you had a question, you couldn't Google it. You had to go find somebody and ask. For sure. So you're like, go out, sit on your front porch, walk the sidewalk, and find another mom. And Right, which, like, it it makes you be dependent on other people. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So we're going to play a little game. Okay. What modern convenience could you not live without? Dry shampoo. So, no, 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 I'm going to say it, and then you're going to tell me. Oh, I'm so sorry. So you're going to say. You paused. I thought I was supposed to answer. <laughs> you're going to say take it or leave it. Oh, okay. And I've got 13. Mercy. And you have to leave five. I have to leave. Okay, I can only take. What's the numbers again? I got 13. Okay. You got to leave five. That means you got to take eight. Okay. 
So if you don't leave enough in the beginning, by the time I get to the end, you may have to leave everything at the end. You don't know what that is. All right. Price is right. Play smart. Here you go. Okay, Kate, what modern convenience could you not live without? Number one, the snooze alarm. Leave it. Okay. You're like, I'll just tell my body when to wake up. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Garage door opener. That's very convenient, but I feel like I need to like hedge my bets because I've got kids who could go open the garage door. Yes. But when it is broken, it's a real pain. I'm going to say take it. And when it's raining. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Take it. Okay. Automatic light in your refrigerator. Did you know that's a modern convenience? Yes. Uh, It's very handy. It is. But I could leave it if I had yeah. to. Okay. Um, The TV remote. Yeah. Let's remember the days when you, we had to stand up and yes, go. Yes, walk to the box. Turn the knob. Yes. Um, no, I can't even take it. I can't even imagine okay. life without that. Sunglasses. Oh. They're a modern convenience. How modern? I mean, they've been around for a while, but. Like the last hundred years? Uh, maybe. You think they came out in the 20s? That's a good question. I didn't look that one up. Okay. I don't know. Um, I mean, if I had to, I could leave them. It'd be a real pain, but I could leave them. Like those of us with contacts, we got to be taking them. Really? Yeah. You can't, I mean, you can't even open your eyes outside because, I mean, especially here in Texas, it's so sunny. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. The air fryer. Oh man. You know, it really has changed things. Let's take it. Okay. So you've left the snooze alarm, the automatic light in your refrigerator and the sunglasses. You've left three so far. I'm doing doing great. great. Okay. Washing machine. Oh, take it. <laughs> you Did you put all the big ones at the end? No. Okay. Of course not. Okay. Windshield wipers. Oh, take it. Can you even imagine? <laughs> what a nightmare. Uh, bottled water. Take it. I mean, or just filtered water? No. Just the convenience of, like, reaching for a bottle. Okay. I could leave it. Okay. Seat warmers. Oh, take it. I love them. Yeah. But you're bougie and you got the air conditioned seats My too. My car somehow we You're gonna live your best life this summer into this air conditioned and heated seat. I just can't even imagine. Okay, resealable things. Did you know this is a modern convenience? The idea that you can reseal like Ziploc baggies yeah. or like packages of nuts or crackers. Yeah, take it. So when we went we went once on a on a mission trip to Cuba. And they didn't have any to-go containers. Uh-huh. Like, that's not a concept for them. And I'm not even talking about plastic, like glass or any. They didn't have to-go containers. They only had their cookware and their plates or whatever. So, and the food at the school was so bad that these moms, they would send their kids off to school, and then they would make hot lunch at home, and they would walk to the school with this hot lunch and plates and everything and serve the kids food and wow. then come back. So the next time Jeremy went on a trip, when my husband went back on a trip to Cuba, I was like, please take some of these like glass, you know, with the toppers and some coffee mugs. Can you imagine how changing that was for them? I mean, I hope it wasn't. It wasn't like, we don't need this. But, you know, I don't know. Because I just was watching them like, yo, this is a commitment. Yes, it is. For sure. But less waste, but still like. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's definitely, I think, the resealable like baggies and stuff to me yeah. is wasteful because I just throw them away. I know. But do you ever rinse out baggies? Well, Judy does. I do. Mama Judy. I rinse out baggies. She rinses out baggies and straws and styrofoam <gasps> cups and straws and styrofoam cups is yeah, next girl. level. Yeah, girl. Okay, next one. The wireless mouse or the trackpad that comes on your computer. 
Gotta have it. How would you even use your computer without it? Take it. I know, but you'd have a mouse with like a cord on it. Isn't that what they used to do? Oh. Dur, 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 dur. Well, mouse I can do that. Leave yeah. it. Okay. Sure. Last one, debit cards. Take it. Forget <laughs> about it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I think you only left like four. Five. I did you I leave five? five? I did. I met your criteria. My criteria. Okay. These are what I consider the modern, modern convenience. Okay, let's There's go. There's only three. Okay. Amazon. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> we, at uh, Caroline and I yesterday asked old girl, which is... The, for those that don't know, that's A-L-E-X-A. Uh-huh. I hate to make it go off in everybody's home. So we call her old girl. We asked her who the richest person in the world was. And she said, Jeff Bezos. Is he the owner of Amazon? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, and I was like, yes, Caroline. Because every day we're like, here you go, Jeff Bezos. Here's some more of our money, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Listen, we need to pray for Jeff Bezos to learn about Gather Moms. Uh-huh, Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a modern, modern convenience. The comment section of a post. Yeah. Has evolved? Yes. Like, think about the moms of the past. Uh-huh. You couldn't Google something and then read what everybody thinks about it in order to know if you want to do that thing. Oh, and I live in the comments. Like, I'm not thinking of... Um, social. Like mean, like, social comments. Okay. I'm thinking of, like, Amazon reviews. reviews things like that. Do you, do you ever buy anything without reading the reviews? All the time. Oh, not me, sister. I don't read them. <gasps> I'll spend 20 minutes. See, I don't do that. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm a, a big review. And like on my tickety talks, I'm watching a tickety talk and immediately I'm like, I'm going to the comment section. What are the people saying about this? See, I don't do that. Yeah. No, I very rarely ever do that. But when I listen to some of my influencers and they recommend a product, they'll say, it has uh-huh. 5,000 five star reviews, uh-huh. you know? And then they'll say, I've actually read them. These people love this product. I don't read it. Yeah. But that's a modern, modern convenience. Yeah. For you to be able to go and see what everybody else thought about it before you buy it. But I always wonder, who are the people commenting on these things? Because I don't leave reviews. If I'm going to leave a review on a product or a book or something, I've probably done it two times in my whole life. So you think they're like AIs or so something? So who are these people? You don't think I they're really, real? It really raises some flags for me. And I'm like, should I be uh, spending my time doing this? I think Katie's really commenting. I think that's what she loves. <laughs> okay, last one. Uber Eats. Oh, yeah. I never use them. Ever. Food delivery? Yeah, I never do food delivery. I do grocery delivery, but I don't ever, like, I work at a place, a boutique, and they do food delivery all the time. They have people bring them their lunch or their morning coffee or whatever. They do it all the time. Okay, but the OG Uber Eats is pizza. I mean, you've had pizza delivered to your house. Yeah, but I'm not thinking about pizza. I'm thinking about, like, but you're right, that is... Yeah. That is the old school version. Pizza being delivered for forever. And then COVID happened and everybody was like, let's have everything delivered. But that's the thing. Like we don't I don't do that. Like Chinese, burgers, that's hilarious. I have a few times like I remember one time Jeremy was out of town and I was sick. And so I ordered food delivered to my house. Chipotle. Yeah. See, I don't think it tastes as good when they deliver it. So I'm like, I'm not spending my money if it's not going to taste as good. Yeah, I don't do it all the time. I mean, it's it's pricey. Yes, that's the thing. It's expensive. That's what I want to say to all my sweet friends. I'm like, y'all, you spending like six bucks to get that coffee. Go get in your car and go get it. But it's so, I, I actually think like a DoorDash or an Uber Eats card is a great gift for a new mama. Oh, that is. Because you can just, you know, text yes. them the gift card or whatever and then let them get dinner on their own. And, oh, what a That is what a great a idea. Yeah. Okay, y'all put that in your back pocket for Mother's Day coming up. You might need to give that to somebody. 
So modern is the idea of just relating to the present. Okay. So honestly, when you think back, like the women of the 50s, they were modern. Yes. Because they had new stuff that the women before them didn't have. Oh my gosh, they had TV dinners for the first time ever. You know, microwaves. Yeah. So every generation is a modern mama. Because we have new additions, things that we didn't have before, things that make our life easier. And what we kind of talked about, you said, Kate, I don't know that the expectations of moms is that vastly different today than it was back then. Right. We all feel the pressure. To be good at what we're doing, to be great moms, to raise great kids, to have clean homes. Just no matter what era you're in, I think modern life expects a lot of you. Yes. And and there's just differences. You know, you think about like the colonial mamas who, my goodness, could we even make it a day? Hmm. You know, they were up before hmm. light. Making fires. They're churning butter. <laughs> you know, they're out there picking cotton, pop out a baby, keep going. <laughs> Like, the grit they had, I just cannot even imagine. Yes. But they also didn't have, you know, it's just, there's just always a give and take on exactly. it. Because there were things that were not expected of them that are expected of us today. So each of us are waging a war, but we just have some different parallels, you know? Some things, just what you said, the give and take. What's expected of us here that wasn't expected then? What's a modern convenience now that wasn't back then? What did you value back then that you don't value now? But we're doing all these things alongside each other. We're passing each other in the pickup line. We're reading each other's text. We all hear that crying baby in Target and want to go help that mama. Mm -hmm. And we all wish for this perfection that we see on social media. Even though the moms of the 50s didn't have social media, they certainly knew other moms that they felt like had it all together. And there were magazines and TV shows. We all have that. And it's really easy to feel like we're just never doing enough Mm -hmm. because there's too many options out there. But I also think it's very simple to see that we're all doing too much. Yes, that's a good I word. I mean, we really just need to simplify. And one of the things that I think moms of any era are wanting more of is rest. Mm-hmm. We all want more rest. But I think our go-to for like a nap or no alarm clock this morning or whatever, I think that's what we think of when we think of rest. But that's actually not what's giving us life. Right. Because it's temporary. Yeah. And we're going to need it again tomorrow. Uh-huh. So... One of the things that I always think about with Mother's Day is like, I always feel like, oh, it's my rest day. Uh-huh. It's my day off. Uh-huh. I always think it's my day off. And part of what makes, part of what I've learned that would make a better Mother's Day for me is this expectation that I'm going to get a day off, but I'm not going to have to make up for it on Monday. Okay. Yes. Because the day off sometimes includes the other person in the home not doing all the things I would have normally done. Yep. And they're still waiting for me. On Monday morning. Yeah. So is it really a day of rest? Uh And I think when we reframe that in our mind or decide like what you really want, if you want that day of rest, then you've got to plan ahead Uh and make that list so that person knows you got to do all these things today. Yes. Or you just need to decide, you know what, that's not the best day for me to rest. Yeah. That's a day for me to enjoy my family Uh or feel celebrated, but my rest needs to come at a different time. Yeah, because you can't expect that... All the things you've been doing the whole time, if you don't communicate it to your partner or your children or whatever that you're taking a rest, here's what you expect to happen. It's pretty unfair of us to do that because Agreed. they can't read our minds. They have not been doing all the things we've been doing. And so we're setting them up for failure and ourselves for disappointment. Exactly. And that's where I think some of us have lived for a lot of years because we keep thinking the next year is going to be different and it's not. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's one of my goals this year is just to decide what's going to really make me feel loved and celebrated. Mm. It's not really rest. Like a nap on Mother's Day is not going to do it for me. Yeah. So I'm not going to take a nap on Mother's Day. I'm going to find another day to take a nap. Yeah. And I'm going to figure out something that's really going to make me feel loved and celebrated. So just a good word for you moms. I think Mother's Day rest is a myth. Yeah. But what do we actually think about rest? And so these are three things that I have battled with in my life, and I think somebody out there probably has battled with them too. I think the modern mama might think that rest is negotiable. Okay. So sometimes I'll negotiate with myself and say, okay, I'm going to work really hard today. Mm. I'm going to get all my errands done so that tomorrow from 2 to 3 I can take a nap. Okay. Or from 9 to 10 I can watch Good Morning America. Like I try to negotiate my rest. Okay. The problem is is that I don't know what tomorrow holds. Right. <laughs> so I might work extra hard today uh-huh. and then tomorrow might blow up. Yeah. A kid gets sick. Yeah. The school nurse calls. Uh-huh. An appointment pops up. And so I think the modern mama sometimes think that her rest is negotiable. Okay, well I'll just figure out how to make this work in my favor and I'll just do more today or less tomorrow. I think it's a myth. Yeah. I don't think it's real. No. And I think we can set in rhythms of, you know, days that are more, that are fuller and days that are a little bit slower. So for me, for example, you know, I, I work five days a week, um, but Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, I'm in the office. By the way, it took me a minute to find this rhythm. Um, with this new job that I'm in, it was kind of like, how am I going to do this? You know, I really don't know. And thankfully, I have the option of, so Wednesday and Friday, I'm at home. What that means is, because Wednesday is a long day. And so Wednesday, that means I'm not having to um, wake up and rush. I get to move a little slower. Right. I get to be in my house where it's quiet. I'm not interacting with a lot of people. And so ideally, that's the day when I slow down a little bit. It's never guaranteed, like you said. But I think we can think a little bit proactively. Mm-hmm. It's just we can't set our hopes on it. Right. Because we're going to be disappointed. Exactly. Of this, you know, elusive rest, quote unquote, that we're looking for. I agree. The second thing I think the modern mama thinks about rest is that it's either earned or owed. Yes. That's a good word. So, and I've been here, moms. I've totally yes. been here where... I feel like I have earned uh-huh. rest on uh-huh. a certain day yeah. because I did everybody's laundry uh-huh. or I cooked all five dinners this week uh-huh. or I feel like I'm owed it yeah. because I'm the mom. Like I just, I take that to heart sometimes where I'm like, I'm in charge y'all. Uh-huh. So y'all owe me uh-huh. two hours of quiet so yeah. I can watch my show or do whatever I want. Yeah. I think we think that it's earned or owed. Yeah. And that leads to disappointment. Oh, and frustration. And, and frustration and selfishness. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the hallmarks of motherhood, I think, is that we have to be so unselfish. Uh-huh. Because we do, we, we've taken on a responsibility to care for other people. Yeah, and we start getting that martyr syndrome. Yeah. You know, I'm, or the victim, you know, woe is me. And so then we start putting everything into that narrative in our minds of, you know, I'm giving everything for you all. And, and then, you know, we're telling ourselves a story that they are not part of. They don't know that this whole narration is going on in your that's mind. Right. That's right. And so they have no option but to disappoint you. Well, and that's the third myth. The modern mama thinks rest is unattainable. Mm. It's the martyr syndrome. Yeah. It's the idea that, okay, well, I became a mom, so I guess I'm never going to rest again. Yeah. And you just put this, like, pity party on you. 
Yeah. That you're just living this amazingly unselfish life for uh-huh. all these people, you know? And I don't think that's true either. Just like you said with rhythms, I think we do have some control in our life yeah. to make things that are going to honestly make us healthier moms for our families to be around. Yeah. You know, you remember when we had Sharon Hottie Miller on and she was talking about the cost of control and, you know, she said, we don't have control, but we do have agency and agency is our ability to influence things in our lives by, by God's grace. And so we do have agency. It's not that we're just at the will of everybody else around us and just this, you know, swishing wind of God. No, there is agency and we have a God of order and a God of rhythm and a God of seasons. And if we lean into that, he can show us how to find that in our own lives. I completely agree. And that's where what we come to, where do we find rest? Well, I think we find it in Jesus. Mm. And I think sometimes we get confused that rest is like physical rest, Uh but I think rest is actually more a way our soul yeah. resides. Yeah, it's spiritual. Spiritual. Yeah. So true rest is found in the person in relationship with Jesus Christ. And when he calls us to rest, I think this is true, that we sometimes have a false narrative in our mind. It's not because he's handing us a bag of hurry for the next day. Okay. Jesus yeah. is not like, he's not negotiating with us. Uh-huh. Like, hey, mama, if you'll just work extra hard today, then I'm going to make tomorrow really easy on you. Yeah. He's not doing that with us. When he calls us to rest, it's not a checklist. Like if you'll check off all these things and do them right, take care of your family, be nice to your kids, keep a clean house, then you get to rest. Mm. That's like the opposite of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the law. Yeah. That's not what we're here for. When he calls us to rest, it's not a myth. He's not dangling a carrot in front of us that isn't real. Mm. He created you. He knows your strengths and weaknesses. And he actually came to earth to live among us because he gets us. I mean, he knew the demands of a day. Uh He felt weariness. His physical body got tired. He knew the battle in his mind of like helping all those people all day long and giving of himself. And so when we justify and bargain with him, that's not the way he's doing it with us. He's not treating us that way. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And the two things I want to pull out from there is the first one, and I have never seen this before. It struck me when I was studying this. Let me teach you. Yeah. And when you think about teaching, teaching is not immediate. You don't hear it once and then get it and put it into action. Teaching is actually a process. Yeah. And so I, I, for myself, I sometimes feel like I should have gotten this by now. Like, why haven't I figured this out? Yeah. Why am I still struggling with this? My kids are older now. It's not like they're littles. Uh Why am I still, I think we put this pressure on ourselves that we should have it all figured out by now. Sure. But Jesus says, let me teach you. And he wants to walk alongside us and give us new insight and new understanding and new rhythms and new, if we'll just let him. Yeah. So learning to rest is a process. Yeah. It's not something that you just get. So if you mama are out there feeling like, why haven't I figured this out? You're in good company. The rest of us are trying to figure it out too. And the seasons of motherhood change. So when you might have figured it out for littles, then they start elementary school. And then when you might have figured it out, they go to middle school. I mean, it's like a constant changing season. Yes. So we have to be willing to let God teach us new things in every season. And then he says, you will find rest for your souls. 
And that's where I think we're confused. Uh-huh. I just automatically think rest is physical. Yes. I'm so glad you landed there because I'm sitting here processing what you're saying. And I think so many potentially on the other side of this conversation are thinking, yeah, but girls, I cannot get sleep right now. Mm -hmm. I have a newborn. I have a toddler. I just got the newborn to start sleeping. And now the toddler has ear infections and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm working full time and, and like, I get that, you know, I've been in that place. And so I think what we're really talking about here, sleep is significant. Sleep is very significant. It's something we have to fight for. It's something that we have to try and find time for, especially when our kids are little, it's very, very hard. But I think here, this is even an elevated view of that. I think rest kind of falls under sleep falls under rest. Agreed. But you're talking about a wider umbrella. You're talking about something deeper that happens within our souls. Yes. And Jesus is saying here, he wants to give us the kind of rest that impacts our souls. Yes. Um, And so whether you're getting enough sleep at night or not, you can have a soul at rest. That's the promise he offers. And he offers it in the midst of physical weariness. Yes. So when we haven't gotten enough sleep, we can still have soul rest. Yes. Um, So it's so funny on the weekends, my Saturday is not like a restful day. I feel like my Saturday is get stuff done. Yeah. Because it's all the stuff I haven't been able to do uh, through the week. And so this happens every Saturday. So I typically have things that I have to get done. One of them is I study for my Sunday school lesson for my class. Uh I go through emails that Uh I haven't been able to respond to. I do laundry. So I actually work, my husband gets so frustrated. He's like, we bought you this desk and you never sit at it. You <gasps> sit at the kitchen table to yeah. do all your work because it's right by the washing machine. Okay. So while I'm working, I'm changing out loads of laundry. Sure. So I do laundry like all day on Saturday. And then you're also battling all the kids, you know, I need this. I can't find this, whatever. And then it comes time to get ready for church because I go to church on Saturday nights where I'm, where I'm from. And so as I'm getting ready for church, I inevitably am agitated. Okay. Because I am weary from the day. Wow. Because it's a day of to-dos. Yeah. And I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to get these kids ready. I'm thinking through all the things I have to do at church that night. I'm so agitated. I get in the car. I'm usually, like, frustrated and probably have yelled a little bit. And then as soon as I sit down in church, it's like everything else disappears. Mm. And you're just in the presence of God. And it just struck me this week that... I'm probably going into Saturday thinking, this is supposed to be a day of rest. Okay. I'm supposed to feel better on Saturday. Okay. Because I don't have school or work or whatever. But that does not bring me rest. Yeah. It's the presence of the Lord. Uh-huh. It's soul rest. Uh-huh. And so it's been so helpful for me to recognize when I'm agitated, when I'm getting ready for church. Okay, Rebecca, this is not, nobody's done this to you today. <laughs> yeah. You have put your expectations in the wrong place. Uh-huh. So... Just get it done and get to church and get in the presence of the Lord and find your rest there because it's not going to come from the laundry being done, the emails returned, all that kind of stuff. It's from God himself. Rest is a walking out of trust every single day. We breathe rest. We speak rest. We live rest because what I need more than anything is to know and be known by a Savior who offers deep rest, lasting rest for my soul. That's so good. I think when you said rest is a walking out of trust is spot on because when I don't feel at rest, it's because I'm trusting in myself Mm -hmm. and what I can bring to the table Mm -hmm. instead of him and what he brings to the table. Yes. Right. There's a rest in the relinquishment of my control of my needing to feel like 
I did this. The house is clean because I did it. You know, everybody's folders are signed because I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very different when we say, okay, God, I trust you to mom through me mm-hmm. to provide everything I need. And I'm just going to put my head right here under this yoke right next to you and just ask you to guide me along. Exactly. Exactly. I hope, moms, that it gave you an opportunity today to think about rest and then maybe reframe it in your mind because I do think the more that we know and understand it the better we are just like with what Kate said with rhythms to begin to think about what rhythms could I put in place to help me and as you're coming up at Mother's Day to just consider maybe that's not a day of rest for you so just don't go into it with that expectation and yes it may be great for you to have some time off and for your husband to watch the kids but also don't get frustrated on Monday when there are things that were left undone Because they may not have known to do them, or you may just want to do them yourself on Monday because you like doing it. Uh So just have a a better expectation for that. Because I do think as modern moms, we really can reframe rest in our minds and find that God offers it to us even in the midst of physical weariness. We love you, moms. We hope you have a great week. And hey, next week we're going to talk about the modern mama too, the modern mama who prays. So join us next week. Love you, moms. Today's episode is sponsored by Raising Canes. Y'all, Raising Canes helped provide the meal for our podcast live event, and the moms just love having chicken fingers all to themselves that they didn't have to share with their kids. And our family loves Raising Canes. It's our go-to stop after church. We drive through, and man, anything is good in cane sauce. Listen, we're trying to figure out that recipe. So if you know what it is, go ahead and reach out to us because I would love to recreate it at my home for my family. But you can order your craveable chicken finger meal online or stop in at one of the 65 plus DFW locations. One love, people. Go get some chicken.